cybersecurity. I talked about the proposition that certain critical infrastructure should be off the limits to attack, period, by cyber or any other means. I gave them a list. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, 16 specific entities. 16 defined as critical infrastructure, cybersecurity. Now that was Joe Biden talking about his one-on-one with Vladimir Putin. But when you think about that, did Joe Biden really give Russia a list of these are the things we're worried about? Please don't go after these things. What is it that we said over the last two days? What we said was, this is what he said after the meeting, but we don't know what any of it means. He's reading off a teleprompter, something we didn't know at the time we know now. He's reading this laundry list of things, but we don't know how it got discussed in a meeting. And nothing matters except the the deed. The words, the words are completely irrelevant. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you guys. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. You know, I have not in in, in, in forever played the game, uh, ask Tony mostly anything. Or what did I miss Friday? I, I used to play the game, what did I miss Friday? If there's a news story you think I missed this week, let me know. I will talk about it right now. 833-468-8669-833, got Tony. But did Joe Biden really give a list? Well, a lot of people are focusing on this and saying, wait a second. If you gave him a list of these 16 things, isn't that a list of 16 things to attack? It's Putin, after all. Or say it a different way. If you gave him a list of 16 things not to attack, does that mean everything else is up for grabs and okay? We said yesterday, and I said it, you know, I'm sorry I didn't spend more time on it. It was almost in a passing glance. What, what did we note yesterday? That people are not, you know, celebrating... This is some great triumph of Joe Biden. I mean, CNN did its whole, whole you know, uh, sexual fetish thing about him. It, it's it's a fetish, people. It is it is what it is. But but in 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 the main, in in the in the end, people aren't talking like this went great. And I certainly saw some of the usual suspect people saying this actually did not go well for Joe Biden. And I, since I know it's usual suspects, I'd like to take it with a grain of salt. Think about what he said. You told him 16 topics, so there's two ways you can take that. Or 16 places that are off limits for cyber attacks. So you either told him, hey, this is what's critical to us, or you told him, hey, everything else is fine. It could be taken in that way. Now, what's worse, doing that or saying, hey, he's a really nice guy, he's a strong leader? Because that's what they used to punch Trump in the face for. Oh, really? Good guy, strong leader. You know, he's really leading his country. We just got to work on this, work on that. Yeah, I like him. He's nice to me. I'm nice to him. But he was still selling uh, javelins uh, to the Ukraine. There's there's the difference of deeds versus words. More as, as, as we take the time 
You know, we said when you when you listen to that speech, the prepared speech, he hit on a lot of points that were actually rather Trumpian and 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 very much, you know, focused on, on America. And I said, good. But as you start to dig in, as you start to dig in, you see, you realize, you discover all the places where Maybe he's not up to the task. Now, Ronnie Jackson, a congressman from Texas, he used to be President Trump's doctor. He wants Biden to take a cognitive test. Now, turnabout is fair play. I hated it when they did it to Trump. I hate it now. But at least you can make the argument that turnabout is fair play. Trump had to take a cognitive test. They had to check his cognitive abilities. They had to make sure he was, he was up to snuff. They had to see if he was okay. Why don't we have to do the same to Joe Biden? This is what the press told us. I'm not saying Trump had to. The press told us that we couldn't trust Donald Trump's cognitive abilities, producer Ari, that he was a mess, that he wasn't okay. You had people diagnosing the president of the United States from the comfort of their television studio and CNN because they don't have a standard to save their lives. Allowed that to happen. So turnabout is fair play. They want him to take a cognitive test and uh, give the results to the American people immediately. Of course I hate it. But here we are. Here we are. Turnabout is fair play. Now, there's a series of other stories I wanted to get to, so forgive me if it seems like I'm going in a whole bunch of directions. One of them is Lori Lightfoot. This is the mayor of Chicago. The mayor of Chicago and this email that was discovered, and she's, like, excoriating staff, and she's she's totally not of her right mind. Telling, uh, uh, you know, she she she's sending emails to uh, a scheduler saying that she needs office time. She wrote sixteen times in a row in an email. I need office time every day, not just once a week or some days. Every day, she wrote that ten times. I mean, it's very. Here it is. This thing is crazy. From Mayor Lori Lightfoot to uh, her, her staff. Since my prior request for office time routinely ignored, I am now resorting to this. Oh, I, this might need a dramatic reading, guys. Wait, is this the... I don't want to do... Is this the one that Gutfeld did as a dramatic reading? Because if so, I'm not going to do it again. Maybe you missed it, so I'll, I'll give it that. I'll, just, I'll give it just a little bit of music. Uh, 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 here we go. This is from Lori Lightfoot. That's the theme to Beretta. I don't know. Since my prior request for office time routinely ignored, I am now resorting to this. I need office time every day. 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 day. I'm not done, guys. I'm sorry. I need office time every day. 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 Hold on. Oh, my head. 
Oh, my head. Can I just, can we just take a moment? Can I just take a breather? Ari, uh, entertain the people for a second. Mary had a little... I need office time every day. 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 It's crazy. And then she repeats, not just once a week or some days, every day. She does that 10 times. And then it says, breaks or transition times between meetings are not office time. She does that eight or nine times. If this doesn't change immediately, I will just start unilaterally canceling, canceling things every day. She does that seven or eight times. And then the last one is, have I made myself clear finally? She writes that 10 times in a row. Can I, can I say for the record that uh, producer Ari and I, um, uh, we, we, we have had in, in our life uh, working together some contentious moments. Um, if, if, if I sent this to producer Ari, Ari would have laughed in my face and quit. Quit. I'm done. This is insane. If you can't get what you need from your people, you would say, hey, you're fired and you're fired and you'd get some people and you'd schedule the time. And if you needed the time, you would start throwing meetings off. No, 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 I need office time for that. I need to be, right? You have things you have to do. I'm not even arguing that you need time in the office. But she's nuts. And this isn't even the craziest thing that she's done because she is defending with everything in her, her bigotry. She is defending her racist plan for press conferences and only taking uh, questions from, from black reporters. She is now determined that systemic racism is a public health emergency. And she is going to divert nearly $10 million. $9.6 million in COVID-19 relief funds. She's going to create healthy Chicago equity zones. Because there are areas where black and Latinx people, Latinx is not a term, by the way, L-A-T-I-N-X. It's Latino, it's Latina, Latinx is not real but where they lack safe spaces to exercise and access to nutritious food. So she's just uh, redistributing wealth. She's taking your tax dollar and just giving it to certain people based on the color of their skin. What kind of racism is that? Let me tell you, in the state of Indiana, oh, you can find the people who always like to remind you that there was a time that Indiana was run by the KKK. And that's true. There was a time Indiana was run by the KKK. I'm sure they did things like this. Show me the difference. Show me the difference. I'll wait. Don't tell me about the historical this, that, or the other. Wrong is wrong, and you don't right the wrong by doing the wrong thing and claiming that you're right. She's taking COVID relief funds and saying only these people who match these requirements can have access to it. Ha! And then she's laughing. And she feels like she's doing something well, doing something right, declaring racism, systemic racism, a public health emergency. Yesterday, Joe Biden, he's the president of the United States, signed the legislation 
passed unanimously by the Senate, passed the legislation to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. 156 years ago, 156 years, June 19th, 1865, John, thanks for being here. Major General of the Union Army arrived in Galveston, Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation and free the last enslaved Americans in Texas from bondage. Today, as you all know, and we repeat some of what was said, became known as Juneteenth, you all know that. A day that reflects what the psalm tells us. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Juneteenth refers to the state of Texas, 1865, when the slaves were notified uh, of the Emancipation Proclamation. That the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the day, June 19th, that the last slaves were notified that they were free. It's not yet the change in the law, if you will. It's that notification. And I am one of the people, miraculous, not miraculously, uh, um, aggressively in favor, massively, not miraculously, massively in favor of making this uh, a federal and a state holiday. Anything that reminds us that we're free, anything that reminds the nation of how we did away with slavery, anything that shows the power and the importance and, and, the, and the clarity of the abolitionists, anything that reminds us that we are better free than enslaved, I'm in favor of. But tell me how the systemically racist nation goes forward with Juneteenth, passing unanimously out of the Senate, which has a whole bunch of white people. And this is why Mary Lori Light, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, amongst many other reasons, is just wrong. Just wrong. This isn't a conversation whether racism exists. She wants to talk about systemic racism. The black mayor of Chicago. But she's not a serious person. She's a bigot herself. So we shouldn't be surprised that she doesn't get these things right. I feel sorry for the people of Chicago, but you know what? Uh, To quote uh, Ed Koch, this is what you voted for. Now you suffer. When they voted him out of office in New York, the story is somebody approached him on the street and said, we need you back. And he said, this is what you voted for. Now you suffer. He was right. I'm Tony Katz. So Andy Slavitt, S-L-A-V-I-T-T, works in the Biden administration and is running, I believe, COVID response. And he ends up doing an interview And in this interview, he says something that can only be described as obscene. See if you can hear it for yourself. The book is called Preventable. How much of this pandemic was preventable and how? Well, of course, we would have had a, a pandemic here in the U.S. no matter what. Um, but, but and look, we can count the, the, the mistakes, and I think it's important that we do, if for nothing else, so we don't repeat them. We obviously had a set of technical mistakes with the testing and, and the, the PPE that we know about. But if we're honest, we also had two other, two other types of mistakes that caused a lot of loss of life. One were just plainly political leadership mistakes. Um, there was a lot. We denied the virus for too long out of the Trump White House. We, 
there was too much squashing of dissent and playing on divisions. But I'd also think we all need to look at one another and ask ourselves, um, what do we need to do better next time? And in many respects, being able to sacrifice a little bit for one another um, to get through this and to save more lives is going to be it's going to be essential. And that's something that I think we could all have done a little bit better on. So when we. We didn't sacrifice enough. Now, you can make an argument that Trump tried to downplay certain parts because he didn't. As he says he didn't want to frighten people. He wanted to put on the, 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 the good face, right? It was, a, it was a tactic, and I don't think it was necessarily uh, the, the right one. But again, in other things he was doing, shutting down travel from China was essential. And no one can question, no one can rationally question whether or not Operation Warp Speed was a success. It was massive the largest mobilization since world war ii and trump led that it's his he had the team they understood how to do it they got they gave the the companies the money to make this vaccine and got out of the way and the company the the money was these are the orders we're going to place they got it done and they deserve all the credit in the world no matter how much credit biden and his team want to take the credit belongs to trump But you can make the argument that he should have been more this or more that. We should have sacrificed more. People lost their jobs. People lost their businesses. Kids lost a year uh, of school. They lost uh, their, their, their friends. Did you need the sacrifice to be like the Blitzkrieg? Is that what you think should have happened? A never-ending number of people who believe you shut down society to save society. Don't let people like Andy Slavitt near leadership. Don't ever let people like them be in charge. Also, don't let Rebecca Jones be in charge. I have got the latest on this liar out of Florida who lied about the data regarding COVID. And when people tried to correct her, she smeared them, costing careers or trying to. Plus this this Chinese spy, not spy, defector. That's it. It's a crazy story. Also, the issues in Georgia. I've got it all. This is Tony Katz today. So this doozy just made its way across my desk. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. This is how a so-called professor explains white privilege to her students. I want you to hear this. Oh, listen up. And by the way, I'm letting you know now that I'm burying the lead. How a professor explains white privilege to her students. Liberalism. So I'm going to give you two analogies that sort of help you think about the systemic nature of racial and gender inequities. The first is uh, free Wi-Fi. Raise your hand if you'd like free Wi-Fi. Does that sound like a good deal? That's a good deal, right? So let's imagine that you get free Wi-Fi. You're not really sure how. One day you're out talking to your neighbor, um, and you're blonde, and, and he's blonde, and you're like, do you get free Wi-Fi? He's like, yeah, I get free Wi-Fi. Do you know why we get free Wi-Fi? I have no idea. A few days later, you're out talking to your neighbor who's a redhead, and you're like, dude, do you get free Wi-Fi? No, I don't get free Wi-Fi. Well, how much do you have to pay for Wi-Fi? Well, I have to actually pay twice the going rate. 
So not only do I have to pay for it, I have to pay twice what everyone else has to pay. Right? So this is an example as a privilege. I'm getting free wife. I didn't ask for it. If I could figure out how to give it back as a good ethics professor, I might do that, but I don't know how to do that. Um, but I'm getting a benefit at the expense of my redheaded neighbor who not only has to pay for it, but he has to pay twice as much. Now, let's never mind the fact that that is criminally inept. That is a lecture given at the U.S. Naval War College. And if this is the nonsense that we are throwing at those we need to lead, well, then we have no shot. Never mind that it's a very, very bad uh, uh, example. The idea of free Wi-Fi. The argument of systemic racism is that there is a, a given to people based on color of skin that isn't given to others. Now, it used to be that you would ask, well, what is the system that is keeping someone down? And if you can point to me, uh, the system, then let me help you be a, wait, what they call it, an ally in ripping that system out by the root. This is a, a takeoff of that saying the system is existence. And that's where it all, that's where it all falls apart. That's where it all goes down. That's where it all drops away. How do I how do I ever accept this? And do I want this in the Navy War College? In the Naval War College, the answer is no, I don't. I want tactics. I want to kill the enemy till the enemy is dead, and then I want to come back and have a stake. Now I'm not gonna bother the enemy until the enemy bothers me. But if I'm bothering the enemy, I want to kill the enemy till the enemy is dead, and then I want to have a stake and a cigar. That's all I want. That's what we should be teaching. This is nonsense. This is garbage. But there's a lot of garbage out there. Garbage is Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones was the woman in Florida who said, oh, look, Florida is covering up COVID deaths. No, they weren't. She purposefully manipulated the data. And story after story proves this. And no matter how much the Miami Herald tries to raise her up, and they sometimes refer to her as a scientist, she's not a scientist. When you see the name Rebecca Jones of Florida, not a scientist. Well, some of the people over at National Review have been doing just a kick-butt job of explaining who this woman is. Charles C.W. Cook has done a remarkably good job of showing Rebecca Jones not as a whistleblower, but as a grifter. Enter Jack Crow. Jack Crow has now gone through the story of this woman who was pushing these memes uh, in, in her position that Florida was covering up data and Ron DeSantis was covering up data. And of course, the press hating Ron DeSantis and the governor of Florida, as they do, they ate it all up. Um, no, 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 no. They ate it all up. They loved it. And they keep doing so. 
So there's this this student getting his PhD. His name is John Taylor. And John Taylor was looking at this and looking at this data and the way Florida was presenting COVID deaths. And he said, the way they're doing this is leading to false headlines about record death tolls. So he created his own tracker. He said, no, 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 no. Look, look at that. Here's what the data. So here's how it plays out. They're playing it out wrong here. Here's how it plays out. John Taylor reached out to Rebecca Jones and said, hey, I I think you're doing this uh, uh, improperly. I think it's got to go like this. Uh, I I would love to work with you, and and, and we can make sure that the proper data is getting out. Rebecca Jones calls him a sexual harasser to hundreds of thousands of followers and then emailed the university where he's getting his Ph.D. They launched a Title IX investigation. But but this guy John Taylor was never officially informed. He hears about it on the on the wind. He hears, "Hey, John, there's a rumor going around." Rumor has it. And the rumor is you're being investigated for a little bit of sexual harassment, a little bit of improper touchy touchy touchy. And he's like, "What?" Because Rebecca Jones didn't want anybody questioning her, the liar that she is, had this investigation launched. He's like, if I get expelled, my career is over. He refers to it as having a guillotine held over his head. This is who Rebecca Jones is. Then you you keep seeing her on news reports. You keep seeing people interview her. Do not trust what she says. Now, I have have known about this story for, I would argue, a couple of months. But you haven't heard me really talk about it until recently. Because I didn't have all the data. I had heard, I saw, maybe it's only a month or so. I was like, okay, give me a little bit more. Make sure I understand it. Some people, they just want to jump, man. Oh, they just want to jump in and and bring the attack. I I really do want to make sure I understand it. So what I'm bringing you, you have in, in its totality. Media keeps propping her up. She's an awful, awful person. And she she knows she has the, the physical re- uh, resemblance to the chick from Theranos. What's Elizabeth? Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, that that's the uh, it, they were they were doing they were able to tell all sorts of genetic markers from your blood, but they made it all up. Like it was just a big it was a, it was a big scam, a big big scam. They're propping up Rebecca Jones for the political purposes of attacking Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis is right now the guy who's the front nut runner for the presidency, and Kamala Harris can't beat him. (laughs) So destroy the opponent. Destroy, 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 destroy. That's what they're doing. And they're willing to prop up a known liar. And when they say, oh, no, 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 they'll say she's a liar two years from now after they're done with her. Remember, they were absolutely right about Russia, Russia, Russia until they weren't. And they were absolutely right that nothing happened in the election. And it's the most honest election and fair election in the history of elections. 
Dateline, Georgia. Significant irregularities exposed in Fulton County, Georgia election records. This is from uh, Director Blue, Doug Ross's work. Doug Ross, I, we don't always agree, but I, 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 this is good. Doug Ross uh, at directorblue.blogspot.com. Here's the story. Right? That these irregularities... Records suggest more than 100 batches of absentee ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, could be missing. So we already know there's the conversation of chain of custody. The chain of custody conversation is you had this, this drop box, right? These absentee ballots. And then it gets handed to this person, and then it gets, hand, then it gets counted. That's a chain of custody. They don't have the documentation for the chain of custody. So who knows what got inserted into the mix? As far as I'm concerned, if you don't have the chain of custody proper for every single ballot box, you cannot count any of the votes. You can't do it. The whole state should not have been certified. I put forth to you that the state of Georgia should not have been certified at all. There are standards and there are rules. And if you are not willing to live by the rules... The answer is no. Why should every other state in the union have to suffer with your certification if your certification isn't based on anything? If you tell me that in and of itself is conspiratorial, well, you don't know what conspiratorial means. Me demanding a standard and you upholding the standard is not conspiracy just so we understand each other. So the latest is that the documents, right, that Georgia's, uh, that that Fulton County submitted to the state officials as part of their post-election audit, highlight these irregularities in the Atlanta area during uh, the vote, ranging from identical vote tallies repeated multiple times to large batches of absentee ballots that appear to be missing from the official ballot scanning records. But Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, told us everything was fine. Don't be crazy. Maybe it wasn't crazy. Maybe not everything was fine. You know, Florida was greatly embarrassed in 2000 with the hanging chads. You know what they did? They figured out a better system. They figured it out. Maybe Georgia needs to do that. Maybe you realize that all of these people talking about uh, voter integrity rules and laws in states are absolutely correct. And this is why you're seeing the political left go so absolutely insane for HR1 and for S1. Their desire to have this federal takeover of election laws. And how dare you ask for voter ID? But now, you've got people like Stacey Abrams, who lost the gubernatorial race in Georgia, and now I'm supposed to believe is some kind of genius. She's now saying, no, 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 no one ever said you, you, you know, there was anything wrong with proving who you are to vote. 
They went from, how dare you ask for a voter ID, to saying, oh, no, no, this is totally fine. Voter IDs are, are totally fine. And Joe Manchin has got some new legislation out, the senator from West Virginia, because he doesn't like S-1 and H-R-1. He doesn't like the, this, this For the People Act. He sees it a little bit differently and is trying to create some kind of, of compromise. And, and Stacey Abrams is like, yeah, this will work. This is fine. Which means don't do it. Mitch McConnell has said Republicans are completely opposed and we remain that way. You need 10 Republicans in order to be able to get closure, in order to be able to move on with a conversation or a vote about the issue. And Republicans are like, yeah, we're not doing it. And they're right. This shouldn't be on the federal side. This should be on the state side. Raphael Warnock, the senator, said he was never opposed to voter ID. Although he wrote for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Americans cannot allow politicians to steal our voice, whether through partisan gerrymandering, onerous voter ID laws, or this deeply flawed process of exact match that has proven to be particularly biased against women and voters of color. You mean matching uh, signatures and stuff? If you think that's biased against women and voters of color, then you are a bigot. You hate women, and you hate voters of color, and you think they're dumb and not capable. It's it's pathetic. We're keeping our eyes on what's going on in Georgia. And more and more, it seems very clear this vote never should have been certified. And that's not conspiracy. That's their incompetence. I'm Tony Katz. So Mike Pence is at the Faith and Freedom Convention, and he's talking. It is great to be back with so many patriots dedicated to faith and freedom and the road to the majority. And they start calling him traitor. And I want to thank my friend Ralph Reed for those overly generous words. I'm deeply humbled by it. Ralph Reed knows me well enough to know the introduction I prefer is a little bit shorter. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order, and I am honored to stand before you today. By the way, uh, Mike Pence has used that line a million times. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. It's a good line. That's what he does. It's always that's always his line. What's that, Ari? It's a good line. We're still going to go down this road that Mike Pence is a traitor. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. He's not a traitor. None of that is true. Stop being crazy. Just stop it. Don't get angry with a guy who had no mechanism for not certifying the vote. It was up to the states. You had senators and House members who could challenge it. They did. In some cases, rightfully so. Shame on the state of Georgia, as I was just talking about, for certifying the vote. Shame on the Supreme Court for not taking the Texas case regarding Pennsylvania and usurping the power of the other states. The legislator, the the judicial usurping the legislature, and therefore disenfranchising other states. At least they should have looked at it. Calling Pence a traitor is ridiculous. It's not, there's no science, there's no fact, there's no data, there's just a radical bit of emotion that I saved for liberals. Cut it out. 
This is Tony Katz Today.